0: This is Hidden Wonders, a podcast that discovers hidden stories, details, and effects, and the architecture of our everyday spaces at UCLA. I am your host, Savannah Tate. You are likely intimately familiar with the following building. You've likely spent hours within its hallowed walls studying furiously for your next midterm or simply taking a nap. This building is one of the original core structures of campus. This building is Powell Library. But Powell has not always looked the way it does today. After the Northridge earthquake of 1994, the ceiling of the reading room was severely damaged. Additional improvements were also needed to make the library both seismically stable and wheelchair accessible. A restoration and renovation project was in order, and more Rubel-Udell architects stepped up to the task.
1: So there was a lot of very careful research and design done to um, source the original materials of the brick. Fortunately, we could find the original manufacture for the terracotta, and with some kind of careful matching and testing, they were able to replicate not only the color, but the kind of fine comb texture that is unique to this building.
0: This is Neil Matsuno, a principal at MRY Architects. He is referring to the brick exterior of Powell, which was restored during this project. The firm's attention to the original manufacturing of the brick reflects the general care MRY Architects took to preserve the historical elements of the building. Matsuno took me on a tour of PAL to highlight which areas of the library MRY merely touched up and which areas changed more drastically. We started in the front lobby.
1: So we're standing in the main entry vestibule and all of this decorative tile and terracotta work was painstakingly restored and and cleaned. And so very much the original appearance um, was restored, including the light fixtures, Uh, Through photography of the original building, we were able to replicate um, the light fixtures. And then for those that weren't existing, but we knew we had to provide like the sconces on the sidewall there, were interpreted to be similar uh, to the original in its kind of style, and certainly in the kind of materials.
0: Matsuno gestured to the columns of the reading room on the ground floor. He said that the banding on these columns imitated the original columns of the lobby, but in an abstract, more contemporary style. Secondary spaces such as the reading room and nearby stacks were remodeled rather than restored, allowing more Ruble Udell more freedom in their design choices. But Matsuno said the firm wanted to remain true to the original design intent.
1: So, so that's an example of a space that was kind of a secondary historical space, um, but we were able to kind of uh, play upon the original palette of color, but reinterpret that with more contemporary materials and to be able to bring in you know, more light, and, and, and the furniture, as you'll notice in there too, is not the kind of historical furniture like it's present in the upper main reading room.
0: We entered the reading room of the West Wing and walked towards the bathrooms. The bathrooms in this corridor were add-ons to the building, but MRY left the brick wall bare to highlight the original exterior of the library.
1: And so we decided that we should just express where the old structure had been and not try to you know, make it all pristine and look like it had you know, with brand new. Matsuno
0: said MRY wanted to remain true to the historic preservationist sensibility of drawing clear distinctions between what is historic and what is new.
1: When you're doing a historical renovation and addition, those are the kind of nuanced moves that you have to kind of, the rules that you have to kind of abide by. Though, so if somebody was kind of knowledgeable and looking at it 50, 100 years from now, mm-hmm. they would be able to tell what was original and then what was added.
0: The line between old and new is also apparent in the main reading room upstairs. Matsuno noted the various light fixtures. While the central fixture in the reading room is original, the fixtures in the rotunda imitate its sensibility in a simplified manner.
1: For instance, you can kind of see where the top of that original fixture has these kind of crenellated detail on the top, whereas here it's just kind of very simple and and cylindrical. It, It was more of an interpretive way of kind of making it a little bit more simple. And so when you kind of looked at the historical fixtures and compared that, it had a very distinct relationship, but it wasn't an exact, trying to be an exact duplication of it.
0: A separate architectural firm took painstaking effort to duplicate and restore the painted ceiling panels of the main reading room, which had been significantly damaged after the Northridge earthquake.
2: Now, the original structure was actually what was called black iron, and they'd taken horsehair... And wrapped it in wet plaster, kind of made a rope kind of thing out of it, and they smashed that down on the back of these ceiling panels and then looped it over the black iron and then smashed it down back at the other end of, onto the back of the panels. So that's what it's shaken and why panels were damaged.
0: This is David Kaplan of Kaplan Chen Kaplan Architects, who oversaw the ceiling restoration process. To make the ceiling more seismically stable, KCK architects designed a new backing for the ceiling and recast the beams with glass-reinforced plaster, a lighter material than the original wood-dyed plaster. In the meantime, the decorative panels were preserved, reinforced, and placed in individual drawers for safekeeping. About a half dozen panels needed to be recast entirely, which required specialists to use multiple stains and finishes in order to capture the original designs of famous muralist Julian Garnsey.
2: So, you know, it was a participation of a lot of really interesting uh, consultants, high-quality subcontractors, you know, that were really involved in the work. You know, it really turned out to be a successful project that added on to the seismic work that
0: had already gone on. Kaplan said that preserving campus architecture became a focus after the earthquake because the federal government offered funds for repairs and restoration on historic buildings. These projects required a historic preservationist consultant
2: big institutions around the time of the 90s had started realizing they had to do seismic upgrades. When the earthquake happened that triggered a lot of work and really changed I think the whole approach and this importance of preservation as part of the funding for these institutional buildings that were accepting government money also you know kind of work together with the realization that these buildings were nice resources for the campus.
0: The appeal of historic preservation has extended beyond college campuses to the historic neighborhoods and districts of Los Angeles. Kaplan explained that the California Environmental Quality Act, which evaluated the environmental impact of construction projects, also provided guidelines on protecting historical and cultural resources throughout the city.
2: So there are designated landmarks. There's landmarks that are designated by a city. There are landmarks that are designated by the state or the federal government. But when you get into the CEQA and California Environmental Quality Act, it asks essentially the same questions. So for example, if you're going to do an, a project and you have to do an environmental impact report, then you'll have a historic preservation consultant as part of that who will write up what level of resource they think you are. And so it's become what's called the eligible. You're eligible for the National Register. You're eligible for the California Register
0: but this designation does not necessarily qualify the building as historic. Kaplan said that a historic preservation consultant must perform additional research and surveys in order to demonstrate the building's historical significance.
2: And their criteria associated with famous architect represents a certain style, the last of a kind. There's a very general one that is sometimes overused, which is represents social (laughs) movements of history. So, you know, there's a lot of voices on all sides where exactly that meets the criteria.
0: Kaplan said that the issue becomes even more complicated when considering preservation as a method to promote sustainability.
2: And some of these things that people are saying are really beyond what the original legislation was intended. There's a word significance that shows up, and that's the battle. What is significant? And what does that word really mean? You can make a profession out of it, too. <laughs> it does allow more things to be looked at, better consideration before you tear things down, or even better consideration of, of the neighbors. But at a certain point, you have to pull back and see if it's just a no-change kind of mentality.
0: This no-change mentality, as Kaplan explained, can affect the availability for new housing and transportation projects in Los Angeles and with an ever-growing population, a scarcity of these resources may prove to be a significant issue. Kaplan suggested striking a balance between the two.
2: I frequently say preservationists should go to Europe or to England and see, you know, very modern next to, or see larger buildings next to smaller buildings. And, you know, does that really impinge on the history that you're trying to get from that structure?
0: As more people move into Los Angeles, residents must learn to tolerate the changes that accompany these growing pains. And Powell Library, by accommodating both the modern and the historic, encapsulates this balance. For Daily Bruin Radio, this is Savannah Tate. Thank you for listening to Hidden Wonders.